Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to another Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. I'm excited to have Terry Jo Middleton with us today. Terry Jo and I have been friends for a while now. We have a few similarities in our past, certainly Mormonism being one of them. And so we're going to hear Terry's story today, and maybe you'll... Tell us a little bit about your husband's story as well as you're going along. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly we want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ in all of this. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here with us. So really blessed to be here. All right, ladies. Where where does your story to Jesus start? Wow. Back probably between age six and ten. I would say. Uh, I, I was the oldest child of five kids and growing up in Orem, Utah. Okay. In the heart of Mormonism, mm. in a family that was very mixed religiously, meaning that my mother came from her family uh, background and, and my ancestors in that, my mom's side of the family, five generations of Mormons that came over wow. from Denmark. Okay. Ah. So her parents were married in the temple, practicing Mormons. And when she married my dad, who was my stepdad later adopted me, she was in a bit of Mormon rebellion, I guess you could say. So was <laughs> he not a member? A backslidden Mormon. Okay. Because right he, there wanted on nothing, <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with it. Wow. Really. And, you know, I didn't know the word agnostic back then, of course. Yeah. But now I realize that that's kind of where he was at, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the big deal for me, and this was a lot of hindsight. The Lord has taught me so many things over the years about what was going on back then that I didn't understand as a child. I was hungry for God, but everything mm-hmm. around me was saying Mormon God. Mormon. I mean, it was in right. school history. It was in the neighbor's family. It was in my extended family. It was what my mom would tell me and my uncles and you know missionary uncles and and did so and she take you to church regularly so was she that part of it did too not because they because she was in the state where she'd married my dad who was a drinker they weren't living oh, the word wow. of wisdom so, so there in in utah county in orem at that time when it was like 99 percent lds oh, it hard. was very looked down upon we were very shunned as a family you know right i was gonna say the shame factor is huge when you was, got something so, like and that i know it's on. it's still there i have a lot of family that's still, it's still like that but not okay. to the degree that it was but and i remember looking back the holy spirit was drawing me then hmm. you yes. know and i was going through so many confusing things because of being in a jack mormon family of a known family that was drinking and smoking and all the stuff going on, very shunned at school. I had, there were maybe five friends throughout wow. my childhood that were also kind of in that that dynamic of right. a family dynamic. Right. And everyone else was like, you know, we, were just, we were just beneath 
Yeah. Right, so you couldn't spend the night with oh, the other no, kids. No, they were told don't hang out with that girl. That's, that's a level kid. Don't birthday parties out. or anything. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I became kind of a street smart kid, if you will. And it was like the extremes the older I got. And a lot of my friends I see that are still struggling with this today, my old friends. Um, you know, there were the extremes. You either got into the religion of Mormonism and you practiced it right. and be a good Mormon. Or right. you were in rebellion and you became a partier. Well, that's where I came up with the term, you know, my story. Hi, my name's TJ and I was a Jack Mormon. Because that's <laughs> what they called it. Right. You know, oh, yeah. Jack Mormon. Or yeah. Jackass Mormon is what Brigham Young used to call him. But oh, I didn't know that's yeah. where that came from. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, back when he was, when they first got grilled into Utah and he was in southern Utah and all that time. Huh. And People who weren't he faithful. He was trying to get everyone yeah. to live right, the word of wisdom and all that. And if they didn't, he said they were Jackass Mormons. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but I Good old colorful there. Brigham. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he wasn't okay. quite like the cussing apostle, but he <laughs> he had his time. So then, <laughs> so then, what is your what kind of spiritual influences do you have apart from your mother, who obviously you kind of walked well, away from? Well, I can't that. really say that. Yeah, I can't really say my mother was. You know, it was actually my my dad when I was about ten. This was a very big seed that was planted. Okay, okay. the Holy Spirit was drawing me. I was going through a lot of abuse, different levels of abuse at school. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being bullied, you know, kind of emotional bullying by that, just Mm -hmm. being shunned, you know. Sure. Uh, There was the financial aspect of it, too. And then my my dad, who raised me, I love him. He's passed on. I mean, no disrespect, but he suffered severe alcoholism. Okay. And with that, it just really... It just really did a lot on him, you know, and he, he was a bit of a rageaholic, you know, mm-hmm. in our family. And I was the oldest kid and he was angry about a lot of things. And so he took a lot of that stuff out on me. So there was a lot. And I'm not saying this, oh, pity me, but this is just where it was at, oh, yeah. what it was like. Right. And, and, and that so, impacts who you are. I mean, it that impacts did. how you look at life, how you respond. Well, this is why I didn't embrace God when I first heard the gospel and just run with it. Because there were so many things I had to overcome mm-hmm. to even get to that place. You know, because I just was in a cloud for many years. But where my dad just laid all you know, verbal abuse on me, really. And then on top of that, my active uh, Mormon grandpa who was in the bishopric and the mayor of his town and everything perfect on the outside and he was sexually abusing me, my cousins, my sisters. Oh, and so this went on for years. So, this was the family secret that nobody talked about. Yeah. You know? And unfortunately this is way too many people's I know, family too secret. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So it did finally come out years later, but during this time when I was crying myself to sleep at night and I was crying out to God, are you real? Please help me, Lord, if you're real, you know? This is what I'm being told about you, but I don't, I just can't, because he was, he was comforting me those yes. nights that I cried myself to sleep, so confused mm-hmm. as a kid, mm-hmm. not understanding this Mormon God that they're trying to portray. But yet, the way he was coming to me in ways I can't even describe. And then I heard Billy Graham on TV. My dad was watching Billy Graham. Okay. Of all people, sitting there in the evening. And I was never supposed to be out past 8.30 to watch TV. It was a bedtime. That's it. No matter what, like it or not. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But 
me and my little rebellious, you know, spirit, I snuck out in the hallway and I was watching. This is like how old were you? Uh, I was about 10. Okay. All right. And I was hanging out in the hallway, you know, quick enough where I could run and hide. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yep. Anyway. Um, but Billy Graham, you know, and as soon as I heard the purity, the simplicity of the gospel of saved by grace, that, you know, Jesus is enough, mm-hmm. like the right. teacher says, yeah. it's the everything that he did for us. It's not all these works that this Mormon yeah. God that was being portrayed, you know, to me. And um, so that was, like I said, that was a real seed that was planted there. But then because of just everything, and I went into this this period of time where... I didn't want to get religious. I couldn't imagine how do I get close with God and walk with God without some kind of religion. I right. can't fit that Mormon mold. So I'm going to go over here and just do the rebellious thing. And right. So that's where most of my friends were. And I, I spent many years drinking and drugging. And, yeah. and, so and, were you know, there in your circle of school any like evangelical, any biblical Christians? I had no biblical Christians in my life. Yeah. I was saying I this is... Out of the Utah. Right. I'm saying this is so true for so many kids and families that grow up in certain parts of Utah. There's not even exposure to biblical Christianity. Like I said, Billy Graham, you know. Yeah. Wow. Right. Like learning how to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So tell us a little, so tell us then kind of how God took you from the seed that was planted Mm -hmm. by outside in the hallway, listening to Billy Graham crusade where you're first exposed to the gospel to then where he gets a hold of your life and you surrender. Okay. Well, unfortunately, um, it took quite a few years from right. that point. Yeah. I, I believe that I surrendered my heart, that that was a very real thing that happened as a kid. At 10 years old? Listening At 10 to, years old. That that resonated with you and you went, yes. he had been drawing me and I had been you know, asking a lot of questions and praying, mm-hmm. trying to read the Bible on my own, Genesis, Revelation, Genesis, Revelation. And I was reading this God that was a creator and mm-hmm. I could see him in everything in creation. Mm-hmm. But I also seen God at the end of the book that talked about, you know, his wrath and that there was going to be judgment that judgment. was coming. Yeah. And it wasn't this feel good, fuzzy God that my missionary uncles were telling me about, that you had to work your way. Anyway, I, I keep getting on rabbit trails, but that was one issue. <laughs> right. Okay. So, so then I- we go through a lot of years, and basically I was running. I ran from my past because there was so much abuse in it and so much hurt, so many things I had to overcome um, that I just, it was more than I could handle. And so I ran, I ran from Utah, I ran from my dad, I ran from my grandpa. And unfortunately I had a lot of um, blind spots mm-hmm. with, I married young, I married at 15 years old to get out of the house, away from my dad, wow. we were wow. fighting with like cats and dogs. And uh, just, it was getting to where he was yelling at me and I was starting to rebel. Back instead of being scared of him, I started fighting back. So I just got out of the situation. I, you know, the first guy that I thought could maybe, we could maybe shack up and, you know, we got married. Yeah. That turned out to be a disaster. Divorce three years later, I lost a baby at nine months, stillborn. Oh, um, then I had mm. another stillborn and another, anyway, I had this pattern of three years had three marriages that they each lasted three years and all three of the men and these were just consecutive was the word consecutive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they were drug addicts let's see the first one was a sexual predator like my grandpa the second one was an alcoholic and he was very verbal and you know he stepped out on me and stuff like that 
The third one was a drug addict. So I obviously had some, I had some problems to overcome. All that in your 20s. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and I was so young. And the thing is, is I had three kids. By my second marriage, I had my oldest son and my daughter. And then I left him because he was, we were in Arizona. We left the state of Utah and was actually living in the Tucson area. But he was not being faithful to me. And there was just certain things that I, I could not live yeah. with. Alcoholism and being unfaithful, and he was doing both. So I left him and ended up moving to Texas with my mom and started over in Austin. And then I had my youngest son with another quick. So I had all these relationships, but they were dysfunctional. Yeah. They were damaging. They were yeah. hurtful. It was just piling up. Kind of more. like where you came but from. But I kept running, you know, and I kept right. trying, like, God, I'm going to get my life worked <laughs> out, and then I'll come work. to you. you know? right. Because that's really all I wanted was a happy, stable home and a happy, yeah. stable marriage. Not like the Mormon, but just real, yeah. real and mm -hmm. happy and right mm -hmm. and healthy. Mm -hmm. And it was like everything that I tried to do just was not working out. I, I just blind spots hmm. so then Our my husband's works. gonna don't come, work do they? my husband's gonna come into the picture because <laughs> when I finally surrendered this was my third marriage and this man was uh, hooked on cocaine and he was a binger so we'd been married for quite a few months and I didn't see any sign of any problems at all he worked with his family his dad uh, construction contractor building homes and he came home every night. We had a lot of laughs together. We had a lot in common. He had a son. I had three. We were raising them together. Everything was all fine and good, living outside of Austin. And then he just didn't come home one day. And he didn't come home. He didn't come home. And through, you know, different ways, I found out what had really been going on and that he'd gone on a binge. And I had to call his mom. And his mom said, oh, I was hoping that he would just stop doing that once he got married. It was mm. like, oh, here we go again. So then my wow. life was just all up again, and I ended up wow. selling, gosh, my washer and dryer after Robbie took off again. I sold my water bed. There's stuff to, so I could buy groceries. Yeah. yeah. Because he was taking our money in the car, writing checks all over the place to get drug money. It was just a disaster. Yeah. By the time I got through that, I felt like I, if things didn't change drastically, I was going to lose my kids. And I just broke down. I think that was my breaking point before God, and I just cried out to him and it was like I can't do this anymore please take over I you know Lord yeah. help and mm -hmm. that's all it takes and that's all he wanted me to do <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like duh I could have stopped running 10 years before that and he right. would have given me a great guy but no I had to try to do it my way yeah so. yeah so back so, to Utah okay after that the Lord told me to go back to Utah once I surrendered I'm like really? wow yeah you know, and so where'd you, you go back to Utah back then? There. Oh, so where'd you... Back where my family was. Okay. I, the Lord wanted me to forgive my dad. I had written mm -hmm. him off in my head. In my head. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to forgive my grandpa. Part of the sanctification yeah, process it of was the because Holy I was Spirit very in bitter. you to help heal you. I was regardless very angry. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. I was very So because so much of our audience doesn't, often like yourself, doesn't have any sort of biblical Christian background yeah. context, can you talk just a little bit about what that surrender looked like when you came to the end 
And not that it's the same for everyone, but yeah. I think it helps them to say, okay, what does what does Terry Joe's look like? So, I mean, mm, a sure. prayer? Is it just a surrender? Is it what? What was the transaction was, between you and God? What did that conversation surrender. look like? I knew that he had been wanting me to surrender for a while because I was going to beauty college. He kept sending me Christians. <laughs> okay. I, these little ladies that come in for me to do their hair and they would ask to sit in Terry Joe's section and I'd be doing their hair she's like I've been praying for you and she would just okay. look straight through me like you know like she yeah. just anyway it was kind of freaking mm. me out at the time but the Lord kept speaking to me through different people okay. and I knew that he wanted me to surrender but I had a real big issue with not wanting to be religious yeah, I I had my own category. I wasn't like agnostic. I was anti-religious, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And well, and really, in and, and of I'm itself, sure that's not a big. Grandpa was religious, and look what you got, right? Yeah. Abuse. Yeah. Yes, and and I think that's another important yeah. thing, just for people to know and understand. You can have a relationship with God without being religious, yeah. because it's about the intimate relationship right. that we share with God as a father regardless of the religious trappings right. and not that fellowship is important and community is important. And that's part of my testimony because like I said, I have friends who were still trapped yeah. in Utah County in that kind of mindset that haven't moved. Wow. They've stayed there. Their lives are where mine would have been if I wouldn't have ran yeah. away and then surrendered to the Lord and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I just consider myself very, very blessed now. And so going back to Utah, there was a healing. The first thing to go was my mouth because I swore a lot. And and then the drinking. You know, I got to where I, I couldn't go see my dad a whole lot. Even though I was forgiving him and we were mending our right. relationship, he always offered me alcohol. So then I had to kind of back away from that. But it was a process of learning how to let go of the old, my old flesh, and step into trusting the Lord enough that he's real and that it's okay. It's going to be okay if I go to church. I'm not going to die. <laughs> right. And so what's happening? So then where does scripture come into play in all this? Yeah. Because um, you've, had, you've had the Bible, so that's... Well, I, I learned, let's see, early on. I mean, I love God's Word now. It's, it's everything to me now. I mean, I, I teach the Word in women's ministry. You know, so cool. my friends tell me to just hang on. Would you stop? You know, my sister in Orem <laughs> or uh, Utah County, would you stop preaching at me? Because when I get on a roll with scripture, sometimes I <laughs> yeah, kind of like when I talk and I can't, you know, get so excited. Yeah. yeah, I get excited. Um, but in the very beginning, I was more of a typical Mormon. I had to feel a typical woman, I had to feel this, you know, spiritual, right? And but what was really neat is I was so scared to go to church and be churchy. But there in Provo, I was staying with my sister briefly, and she lived in Provo. She's a Christian also. And um, there was this group of young people up the street that was trying to do church. And they were renting this building. They were all out of Alcoholics Anonymous and Narcotics Anonymous. They had long hair. They had drums and a guitar. And this guy who was <laughs> yep. preaching was from a grapevine. Anyway, I don't even know. Okay. You'd probably call them Pentecostals today. Probably from a vineyard church, maybe? Vineyard, yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. But at that time in my walk with the Lord, that was just what I needed. And he knew it. Because oh, absolutely. worship does that for me. You know, it just yes. to go in there and worship was phenomenal. And he was preaching the word and it was in Utah County. Yeah. Like, so when we left, God yeah. took us to a four square, which yeah. is also a bit of a charismatic yeah. Pentecostal yeah. church. Yeah. 
hyper emotionalism yes. during the worship I needed. I yes, would just where weep, I was and weep and that's weep and weep and weep. I and cried it helped for, me connect yes, right yeah. to the Lord, but also to the Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, you know, I was listening to the preaching, and mm -hmm. I was amazed because I could tell that it was very different than the dry teachings of general conference or whatever, but it was alive. Yeah. Powerful. Well, what is it? Hebrews yeah. four eleven. Mm -hmm. Yep. That the word is living and active, living and active and power sharper, sharper than, than a two-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was as if these people knew God. Yes. Right. It was yeah. as if they had yeah. this relationship. And they were reading my mail and stuff. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, they knew exactly what you needed and what you were going through and what you were thinking. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing when the Holy Spirit. It, yeah. Well, it's very personal. It when is. God starts moving in, as God's pursuing you, it's always a personal pursuit. Yes, mm. um, that the Lord, because this has to have a happy ending. Okay. Well, absolutely. I hate movies <laughs> that you watch that just leaves you hanging. <laughs> you well, we love happy endings too in the podcast, Joe. <laughs> so, well, I because of my track record with men, and I wanted a happy marriage. I just got to the point where, Lord, I don't trust my, I don't trust my judgment. I have had too many, you know, you know what I've done and <laughs> yeah. the kids need it, dad. And, and I really don't, I don't have this gift of singleness. I know that, you know, Lord, please. And I just began praying for a husband and praying. And it was like the Lord was leading me to pray. Mm -hmm. So my early yeah. walk was, I loved worship, hyper emotionalism. Mm -hmm. um, but I also had an awesome prayer life and it was just mm -hmm. So intimate with the Lord. Sometimes I'd open my eyes and expect to see him right there. But <laughs> yeah. he began to lead my heart to pray. He was leading my prayers to just, I, I started praying more in his will. Instead of, Lord, will you help me with this, 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 and give me that, that, that. It was more, as I grew in my relationship, with yeah. him, he was leading me to pray his will. Like Jesus, life. not yeah. my will, but yours yeah, be done. I'd get the kids mm -hmm. to bed in the evening and we just would have this sweet time. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was getting me ready for someone, a man, someone that he was going to bring into my life. Yeah. And here we are in Utah County, and my husband, Bart, who also grew up in Mormonism, he grew up in Pace in Utah, Utah County wow. as well. Okay. His family dynamics very similar to mine. Mm -hmm. Alcoholic dad, religious mother, mm -hmm. mix in the family. Um, he had been in the Navy and spent time on the East Coast doing that. And he had just gotten back into Utah County and hadn't been there very long. So just the fact that, you know, our friends had us together for a barbecue and the Lord arranged yep. all that. And that's how that started. So oh, yeah. He was and, a believer at that point? Oh, yeah. He, well, yeah, of course. Okay. He got saved yeah. in the Baptist. He got saved with the gospel track and the Baptist church he was going to. Wow. He also questioned Mormonism, was very skeptical his whole life. And the Lord has kind of been molding us together. <laughs> He's so how long have you been married now? You've come a little We less. just had our 27th year. Yay. How cool. So, well, yeah, praise God, Terry Joe. And they're in ministry together. Yes. Yeah, they actually reach back to Mormons, don't yes. you? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, so so where can people find you? Okay, well, we uh, go to the Calvary Chapel Saving Grace in Mesa, and okay. they're, they're uh, good enough to let us do the beginning of our ministry there, that the church is, you know, it's, it's a ministry part yep. of the church. It's a ministry for the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. It's an outreach for the community, for people coming out of Mormonism. Okay. And those who want to but are scared and have questions. Yeah. We want to be available to love on them. 
so that they know they have a safe place to come to. We're, we're having a support group every other Thursday evening at Calvary Chapel. Okay. At seven o'clock. But you know, you can go to the website graceandtruthformormons.org. Okay. And you can also find us on Facebook. Okay. We'll we'll make and sure and put links to that stuff on our show notes yeah. so people can find it. Well, that's great. Yeah. So. Well. Terry Joe, thank you so much for sharing and your I story. I hope I didn't blow y'all away with my transparency, but you know, that's no, just too much. No, but, well, here's no. the thing. No, this is where we've all been. <laughs> okay. Um, and the thing that is so cool, and that's why the tagline for even the podcast is, come experience a grace that heals. Yeah. We are broken people. We are living in a fallen, broken world. And far too often, we think that if we, unless we put the best face forward and less nothing... No, I'm sorry. We're all so messed up. And yeah. so this is the God who loves and pursues messed up people right. and brings grace into their yeah. life. So absolutely. That authenticity yeah. was one of the things that that just made me so free in biblical right. faith, right? right? I could right. literally open my mouth and tell people what my sins were and what I struggled and with. And what John 1, 9 okay. says, to confess yeah. your sins, right? Yep. Yep. And then he's faithful, faithful and just. and just, and he'll forgive us and cleanse us from all that. Right. To each other, yes. not go to not a to the, bishop no. unless he's confessing his back to you because right. it says <laughs> Right, because only Jesus other. is our high priest, right? Right, Amen. exactly. So... Well, thank, thank you. Thank you You're so welcome. much. Yep. And thank you, listener, for being with us. Um, we invite you back. And if you join this in process or you're new to the podcast, you can find all of our episodes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. And like I say, we've got show notes. Um, we've, we're getting transcripts done for some of these. We hope to eventually have some of these done in video. But unveilinggracepodcast.com. And in the show notes, there'll be links to Terry Joe's contacts, their ministry, any scripture that we cited that we didn't get the reference right for. Yeah. <laughs> That'll all be there. So. And these are stories of folks who have once been in performance-based yeah. religion, and then the true Jesus of the Bible Amen. has rocked their world, and everything yeah. is much better. Amen. And my book will be out. Hi, my name is TJ, and I was a Jack Warman. We'll be out in about a week or two. It's just on Amazon. Yay! I'll be done. Okay, well, cool. We'll look for that as well. We'll put that in the show notes, too. We'll link to that as well. All right. Cool. Great. Thanks, Thanks. Terry. Grace and peace to everyone. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.